Radio Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We are broadcasting live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. So we are a group of law enforcement professionals to talk about today's news and issues, but we do from a law enforcement perspective. So thanks for uh, lending us your lunch hour, that 12 to 1 p.m. Eastern time time slot. Our goal is to make you guys one of the sharpest people in the room talking about the, the news and the issues, at least within the last 24 hours. So um, our panelists, let me introduce you guys. And if you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, we have Agent Dan O'Kelly and we have Corporal David D. Grester. So thanks for being on the show, guys. Appreciate it. Also, a shout out to our sponsors. We have Motion DSP, Galls, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.live, and we are fueled by Bang Energy. Yes, I'm still on the peach mango. Not the same one from yesterday. A new peach mango, ice cold. It's good. And hey, uh, shout out to Brian Burns, the free press. Thanks for carrying our content. Huge shout out, Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media. You know, we're streaming to three of their Facebook pages right now with about a million followers, and that's at Red Voice Media. So thanks for the opportunity. And hey, Red Voice Media, it's a great opportunity, a great source of news if you guys haven't checked them out yet. So look, we've got a, a great lineup for you. I think I've got a pretty interesting main topic, and those have a tendency to be a little bit deeper. We usually start off with one, and we'll just cover, you know, one today. So on this one, it's on policetribune.com. There is a video component. So Anything that we talk about today with a video component, we'll describe in great detail for our radio and podcast listeners so you don't feel like you're missing out on anything. So this one, a Florida sheriff says failure to hold teens accountable is root cause of violence, not guns. Do we know how the, the uh, suspect got a hold of the weapon? Car burglaries. Car burglaries. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Ain't that right? All the gun laws we got in place didn't prevent it, did it? Neither will any new ones. Because here's the fact. The bad guy is going to get a gun no matter what law you have put in place. These juveniles shouldn't even possess a handgun. But they did. And I'll go back to you. Add your question. A simple burglary, as some people will say, but I don't consider anything simple when it comes to a burglary. The law allows me, I'll plaster their face up on this page, up on my page, up on media. I will hand it out if the law allows me because parents have the right to know who their kids are hanging out with and preventing this. Yes. So he's, uh, yeah, he's in Florida. He's in Ocala. And man, it is uh, creating quite the stir. So let's see what we got here. So we got Marion County Sheriff's Office and it's Sheriff Billy Woods. And he said society needs to stop making excuses for juveniles who harm others and violate the law. And he argued that enacting more gun control will actually not stop violent crime. So if that doesn't sound foreign to you, maybe it's because you've been hearing us preach the same thing on this show for years now. Sheriff Woods had strong words for the media and school district officials on April the 7th as he discussed a recent Marion County case where three juveniles allegedly shot three other teenagers to death. They dumped their bodies in separate areas within a five mile radius of one another, and this was late last month. Now, he said that the three suspects were in a burglary gang with uh, three teenage victims who were found dead, and that's according to the New York Post. And he goes, look, there's no honor among thieves. And this is the Sheriff Woods talking. And he said that at some point, these three individuals turned on the three victims and they murdered them. And one of the suspects, Christopher Atkins, he was just 12 years old. Sheriff Woods noted that during the media briefing that everyone is always trying to figure out the reason behind these acts of violence. And he kind of goes um, goes up for there. He says, I'll go ahead and address the first thing that I know is going to come up. And he goes, because there are individuals out there viewing 
and include some of you media who want to blame the one thing that has absolutely no ability or the capacity to commit the crime itself, and that's the gun. These individuals committed the crime. And what he's saying is the gun didn't do it. The individuals did. And he goes, the fact is society fails our children. And he's talking, you know, at the press conference when he's saying this, he goes on to say that we do not hold our juveniles accountable. We minimize their actions. He blasted members of the media who complain about photos of juveniles, you know, being published, accusing of crimes, uh, being, uh, being uh, you know, lawfully released to the public and stuff. And he said that the part of the reason those photos are released is so that parents can be informed and vigilant regarding who their children are associating with. And he goes on to say, if the law allows me, I'll plaster their face up on this page, up on my page, on the media. He goes, I will hand it out if the law allows me because parents have the right to know who their kids are hanging out with. Um, and finally, Sheriff Wood said that he understands how difficult it can be to raise children. And he noted that he's also a father. He says, I might be hard on people, but I also have a heart. Here's the one thing my boys know. Growing up, the freaking barber had my permission to whoop their ASSESs. Yes, he goes. Uh, Sheriff Woods also took issue with those um, clamoring for gun control who argued that it would put an end to such violence. And he says, look, all the gun laws we've got in place did not prevent it, did it? And he goes, neither will any new ones, because here's the fact the bad guys are going to get a gun no matter what the law says that you put in place. He goes, these juveniles wouldn't even possess a handgun or shouldn't even possess one, but they did. So uh, he, he says some pretty good things. Um, guys, commentary on this? Your thoughts? Agent Dan. Yeah, I uh, first heard about this story from my next-door neighbor. He's a retired Florida police officer, as a matter of fact. And uh, he told me about it by saying, he says, I'd go work for this sheriff for free. Um, so he told me the story. And, I, you know, I couldn't be happier that we have yet another sheriff with a brain in his head who is not putting up with the nonsense. Uh, you know, the two big issues here that you just mentioned, I mean, yeah, we're sort of tired of talking about the gun control thing. It, it takes an idiot to think that gun control is going to stop crime because it, as I've said many times, every bad thing you can do with a gun is already illegal. You know, what's, what are we gonna do, make it double illegal? Uh, as far as these teenagers, though, and even in this case, preteens, you have a 12-year-old that committed murder. Um, half the reason, I mean, I have 40 years experience in law enforcement, or at least since I started law enforcement, plus my personal professional life as a consultant. And uh, half the reason that these young people do these insane crimes is because they know they're not held accountable. You know, juveniles can be tried as an adult for a murder, but how often are they? You know, this attitude that somebody under 18 is magically incapable of committing a heinous crime is just utterly ridiculous. I've said that before on the show. Other people have also. And that needs to change. That is the root of the problem right there. Yeah, and, and here all this time, I thought that I had a gun safe so that my guns wouldn't sneak out in the middle of the night and murder me but here oh it's just the opposite it's to keep them from falling into the hands of people that shouldn't have them which we already have laws for so as dan said how how ludicrous to to continue to chase that um foolish narrative you know you you listen to sheriffs like this and you start to realize people are starting to get it they're starting they're slowly starting to understand perhaps not enough in Florida, 
other places not so much. The uh, some of the interesting things that you look at is is you know the ages of the of this group of juveniles that were together as a group. It wasn't as if it was one gang against another. This was inside a group of juveniles that hung out together, a burglary gang, as the sheriff called them. And Dan made mention of the age. And we had a we had a panelist on just a little while ago. What was his? Oh, yeah. Lieutenant uh, Colonel Dan Crossman, who wrote books about the effects of these types of activities on the brains of children, which these were children. And I recommend anybody that wants to really understand it to get some of his books and read about it and understand the the. Uh, desensitization, desensitization of these juveniles being exposed to everything from violent movies to violent video games, all that sort of stuff that desensitizes them and trains them how to kill other people. Um, it's an amazing thing. And here, here is a 12 year old and you, you're the first inclination for most adults is go, a 12 year old? How could a 12 year old do this? We have the answer. I bet you money, I bet you money, every one of them was a big fan of playing, you know, some sort of violent video game at home where parents were absent, absentee fathers, breakdown of the family, all that sort of stuff that Dan touched on is all playing into this, absolutely guaranteed. Yeah, good point. And, you know, guys, David brings up a good point. Um, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, his site is grossmanontruth.com in case you want to check out any of his uh is uh, publishing. So, um, Agent Dan. Yeah, Chip, another thing I forgot to mention is this tendency we have in America to uh, to make heroes of the bad guy. You know, in the young culture, you know, there's all this gangster this and gangster that. It's cool if you're identifying with the gangsters. And, uh, you know, I've been guilty of it, too. You know, you from anything from watching The Sopranos, you're, who are you rooting for? You're rooting yeah. for people who are murderers, robbers, you know, extortionists, everything. We need to get away from that, you know. And I think that's a lot of it. These kids at some point, you know, hey, I really am a gangster once I, you know, shoot somebody. It's I don't even want to use the lingo, but it's it's sad. We need to get away from that garbage. Well, you're. You know, you're right. Um, one of the very first books I ever read was The Godfather by Mario Puzo. And you get you get sucked in. Um, Italians, the mob, you know, the mafia, Michael Corleone, and, you know, The Godfather. And, and you know, it, it has an appeal. Close, tight-knit, very close family. They take care of their own. I mean, granted, look, they're, it's organized crime. But you get to where you're rooting for the bad guys, the Sopranos. What a perfect example, Dan, of of just watching something they're doing absolutely horrible things. I mean, from murder all the way across the board, but you're rooting for the bad guy because you, you fall in love with the characters, you know? I see David shaking his head. And, well, and so well, it's a good point. Yeah, it's it's a it's a psychological um game that gets played on on humanizing and dehumanizing. And that's what we've been talking about about the actions of politicians and other people that de delegitimize and dehumanize the police. And so you start seeing society or segments of society, the, the mush brained segment of society starting to hate, not trust, 
all police are bad, all that kind of stuff. It's they do the exact same thing in these TV shows where they they have the the good guy and the bad guy, and before you're done watching the show, it's like okay, which which one is really good and bad? And it's it's a psychological way of um, getting you into that show. It's it's a way of of, of the uh, producers and and directors to get you to watch to cause you that turmoil which one is good which one is bad when it's very obvious who's good and evil so but that's the game that gets played constantly on police as well thanks corporal hey it's time for our first commercial break but hang in there guys we will be right back you know motion dsp they have been supporting the law enforcement profession for over 15 years for the robust suite of video and audio redaction and enhancement software the motion dsp software easy to use, requires no specialized training or expertise. You can save valuable time with Spotlight's one-click automating tracking feature and forensic suite of enhancement filters, achieving results quickly in just three steps, import, process, and export. The Spotlight is built specifically for redaction. It works with video from any camera source and using Motion DSP's algorithms and object tracking technology, it automates the process of blurring faces and other identifiable information, saving users countless hours compared to manual frame-by-frame redaction. And forensic enhancement software allows users to quickly process and analyze any video file format using patented super resolution algorithms and enhancement filters to reveal an unseen level of detail. You can get forensically valid evidence from low quality video in just minutes instead of hours. So you can learn more about all these products by going to motiondsp.com. Let's talk about Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County alone. Now, the benefits can change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact MyMedicare.Live or call area code 813-245-6656, especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area. Talk to James or Bobby. Meet with them in person. They'll save you money on your medication co-pays. Find plans that your doctors accept and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, MyMedicare.Live. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Florida. You know, um, you know, we're talking about, look, uh, Sheriff Woods, Ocala, uh, gun control and parents, uh, you know, uh, you know, putting the blame, I guess, where the where the where the blame belongs. Um, I don't know if there's any more. Sorry about that, guys. Um, I don't know if there's any more commentary or not. I think uh, I think Jimmy had too many donuts this morning. He's got a little sugar running through his veins. So producer Jimmy, yeah, he just wants to make sure we don't forget about him during the show. Um, so anyhow, um, you know, I know that we've got even a user on our, uh, on our YouTube channel, uh, coder spy, you know, um, I know David was saying that people are gradually getting it. I'm still having such a huge issue with people not getting it. Even when, you know, I explain on YouTube, like we've got, uh, this user thinks that all, all police units that we should have a database for every permit holder, you know, for guns, you know, in the U S for cops. Now I know I see David's face now. Not only is that pro- absolutely prohibited by the Constitution, although there's people trying to skirt that system like in California and elsewhere, but he thinks that it would be advantageous for law enforcement to know when you're pulling a guy over um, that's got a gun registered to him. Now, even though Florida just went constitutional carry, you know, a lot of most states still have, you know, you can get a permit to carry a gun, even if you have the option to do permitless, permitless carry. But anyhow, my argument to him was like, well, number one, the legal guys, the law-abiding citizens are the ones that are going to be registering that firearm. So you're, you know, the, the odds of you thinking you're getting a, you know, you're a bad guy with a gun are, are extremely low from doing that. Not to mention the fact that you are letting everybody know who's got the guns. And that's absolutely prohibited by the Constitution, really. Whose side, when you make an argument like that, like who's, whose side are you really on? They're making it sound like we're the bad guys, but he's certainly not on the people's side, you know, by wanting something. And he doesn't, he just doesn't get it. He thinks that 
having a database with people that have guns that is automatically he's thinking that from a bad guy perspective and he just he just doesn't get it and, and he's not going to uh agent dan yeah let me just offer this the you know passage of constitutional carry in florida makes i forget what the number is we're either the 25th or 26th 26 okay so more than half of the states in this country now have that so even if you had a database of those who are licensed to carry concealed you know half more than half of the country's states already uh, have people carrying which don't have a permit to begin with so as far as permitted concealed carriers. The people who go through the trouble of getting a permit are not your problem generally. Okay. When I say generally, yeah, some of those people go to the trouble to get permits and they maybe still don't have a brain in their head. You know, it's up to the individual, but uh, you certainly aren't putting a lid on anything by either making everybody get a permit for that reason alone and uh, even if you do track the permits, there's no more tracking of who's carrying because of all the permitless carry. And for the record, I'm not all that crazy about permitless carry without training because that's where it all comes back around to bite us, you know where, uh, when just anybody can strap on a gun and go out there. I mean, I couldn't be more pro Second Amendment, but people who don't know which end of the gun the bullet comes out of are now going to put a gun on hit the street and do something, you know, Hey, I thought it was okay to shoot a guy because I caught him shoplifting or we're going to have problems as a result. I'm not so oh, yeah. sure I support, you know, no training. I, I'm with you. Um, I, I worry about pulling my gun out to take care of a bad guy. And then some Yahoo that has a permitless carry gun who has no training sees me with a gun, doesn't think about looking to see whether I'm neutralizing a threat or not. And he decides to shoot me, the good guy with the gun that's trying to neutralize a bad guy. That's an active shooter. And, and, and this Yahoo, you know, takes me out. You know, that's what I worry about. But, um, but there are the people who think like, like what I described, you know, they also think that prohibiting guns, uh, not within 500 feet of a school or this or that, that they think that laws that are banning guns and actually taking guns out of the hands of good guys, they think that that's going to be affecting the bad guys. And they simply, they just don't have the capacity to get it. They think that laws are going to affect bad guys with guns, and they don't get it that the only people that are going to negatively affect are the good guys. They just don't get it. They don't understand it. And, the, and they just it's just a capacity thing. I swear it's unbelievable, Dan. You know, on that note, I had a doctor's appointment yesterday to get my annual physical. There's a sticker on the door to the uh, clinic, you know, no handguns, oh, yeah. no weapons allowed. I'm like, you know what? I know I'm a good guy. I'm taking it. I go in. I end up in the doctor's office. I'm chatting with the doctor and uh, I showed him my retired badge. I said, hey, just FYI. I said, now I have a question for you. Hypothetically, I said, if somebody was legally carrying in here, despite that sticker on the door, would you have a problem with that? Would that person, should that person go out to their car and put their gun away to avoid a problem with you? He goes, heck no. He said, I'm all for it. Uh, he said, you never know what lunatic might come in here. They don't watch the, you know, rules, the laws. He said, the last clinic I worked in at any given point, he said, there were about 12 employees in there that were carrying guns. And right. uh, we were all for it. So, okay. For it's worth. There, maybe there's hope for the rest of the world then. Thank you. Um, hey, moving along here, 
Let's see. We've got our, our next one lined up here. It's an update. It's on lawofficer.com. Critically wounded Louisville officer had only been out of the police academy for a month. So, yes, we're talking about the Louisville shooting that we covered on yesterday's show. Uh, officer Nicholas Wilt of the Louisville Metro Police Department, 26 years old. He's one of two officers shot during uh, you know this fiasco. He suffered a gunshot wound to the head, and he, at least at this news count, remained in critical condition. I know that I heard that he had brain surgery. Um, he says that he graduated from the police academy about a month ago. And two other victims were also listed in critical condition. Three sustained serious injuries. They're expected to survive. And this is according to the New York Post. And the status of the others remains unclear. So that's the uh, that's the latest with that unfortunate situation in Louisville, uh, Kentucky. Um, so if there's no commentary on that. We'll jump into our next story. And look, uh, the next couple that we have, they've got a video component. So again, we're ready on podcast listeners. We'll describe in great detail what's going on. Um, I've got um, less than a minute before our next break. So I will. Uh, I may not be able to get through the whole thing, but I'll at least whet your appetites on policeone.com. We have body-worn camera footage released from a gunfight that wounded three LAPD officers. Look, uh, yeah, there's a lot going on in this. I've got notes. Uh, I got one body cam, uh, two body cams, an injured officer being extracted, you know, on the video. So we're Los Angeles PD. They released this from the standoff with a parolee who shot three officers. This happened in March. So um, I whet your appetite, hopefully. More into this in a second. Hold your uh, hold on. We'll be right back. You know, you guys know of Gauls, right? I mean, they're the country's leading uniform, clothing, equipment, and gear provider for law enforcement. I mean, Gauls, they have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and flashlights to duty belts and tactical gear. And as Captain Brett Bartlett always says, Gauls pretty much has everything but guns and ammunition. And, you know, I kind of feel like I grew up with Gauls. Most of us have. Uh, they pretty much have just about everything a cop is going to carry, you know, gear-wise and some of the coolest things as well. Um, and for uniform programs, even my old agency, the Tampa Police Department, they have a, a Gauls office right in the uh, second floor lobby, the police station. They take care of the whole uniform program for the Tampa Police Department. And they're doing a jam up job from what I understand. Uh, so if you have an agency and you're looking for someone responsible to take care, take over that uniform program, Gauls at Gauls.com slash Leo. If you have family, friend or loved ones that are involved in law enforcement, and you want to get them a gift card or some cool gear. Gauls.com slash Leo. And look, it's a great resource for you. And that slash Leo tells them where you're coming from. Okay, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We are still live from the Balsock Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. So we left off. We're in LAPD, um, California, 
and there is a gunfight with a fugitive, and he wounds three LAPD officers. So uh, let's go ahead and get back to this. So officers respond to a call uh, reporting that a wanted parolee, Jonathan Mag- Magana, uh, when the suspect failed to comply with their commands, and he barricades himself inside of a garage. And this is on Fox 11. So during the standoff, standoff officers, uh, they made several announcements calling for Magana to surrender, but he, of course, refuses. So then we have chemical agents being deployed, and that's always the fun part, right? So I swear, as soon as the chemical agents deployed, uh, the uh, the TAC officer, the SWAT dude, take you know takes the pen out, and and you can there's a click, you can hear it. This guy Magana, he began shooting at the officers almost immediately. So three officers are wounded during the gunfight, and and these guys are like bamboozing uh, out of this structure, right? They're like they're like getting out of there. And I originally thought because David, I mentioned to you that I thought that they had like a shield with them. When I watched it again, the shield was being held by somebody on the outside of the structure, not not inside when this thing went down. Um, so we have three officers injured, uh, one officer shot in the arm, another in the leg, a third was shot in the torso, believed to be deflected by, uh, off the body armor. Officers were removed to a safe location where they received medical treatment. SWAT deploys a robot with a camera after this and enters the garage. It founds our, our uh, bad guy wounded. He's later uh, pronounced dead at the scene. So that's really the only... Uh, justification or, or good thing that happened out of this corporal david god well first first and foremost let me let me go to some of our, some of our comments some of the guys are on point today uh troy scott to dan nice badge now turn your head and cough that was a that was a beauty. Um, <laughs> the doctor yeah and, and then he says then troy again says a parolee the parolee wasn't in the database uh <laughs> honor swanson a parolee with an illegal gun who would think <laughs> Uh, so guys, you're on point today. Very nice. And of course, Sergeant George is in the mix as well. Um, uh, with Prowler. So what a, what a, a fascinating video. This is a, uh, this is a prime example of a tactical. I'm assuming it was a SWAT team that was absolutely 100% unprepared and what a cluster goat rope this was when it came down to a ta- to a tag team. They make entrance into this small space and they start shooting a beanbag round, uh, striking the wall and the pillow intentionally above this guy's head who's laying there not, on some sort of pallet, not moving. They know he's faking it, but they don't hit him with the beanbags. They shoot it above his head, kind of like a warning shot. Then they decide. Then they decide to deploy gas. And as they stand around and stand around, as we've told them, said many times on this show, all you're doing is giving that bad, bad guy an opportunity to develop a plan. And that's exactly what he did. He scooched out of the way where, you, where after they said out loud, "Well, I can see both his hands." He went, "Oh, you can see both my hands." So he scooched out of the way where they couldn't see him anymore, around the kind of around a corner just a bit. And then they start leaning in with no shield, trying to toss chemical agents and finally after the second on the second round of chemical agents he's waiting for them to lean in and starts opening fire and at that point you can really see the preparation as as it looks like they're they're bailing out of this small space like a bunch like a it looked like a it looked like a, one of those clown cars and somebody farted and everybody wants out really fast as they're tumbling over one another to try to get out of this out of this space on top of that, they lose track or whoever was in control of this situation, which there wasn't anybody in control. They lose track of who who is where and they can hear somebody inside calling for help. And there was a downed officer. I'm not sure where he was hit. I think I think that one might have been shot 
in the in, in the lower extremity somewhere was still left inside. And he's calling out, get me out, get me out, get me out. Um, and they're standing around going, who's, oh, wait, you take him, you, I'm there, you go, I'm back foot. And they had no clue who was where or who was doing what. And at the same time, two of them are firing from, as best as I could see from the video, blindly into a door, a closed door that was off to one side of the building. Why, I have no idea. Um, the officer who was had been pinned down inside or had fallen and was not part of the exiting of the clown car um, was stuck inside. How he didn't get hit by all this gunfire incoming because they mag dumped this doorway, at least two of them. And you're sitting there watching this video going, wait, what are you guys doing? So the whole thing was, was, a, was, and I can't use the words that I want to use, but I'll say goat rope um, in LA, which is, you know, Los Angeles police, LA County. I mean, okay. Good luck to you guys because you're 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 striving for this top spot of lost cities as it comes to law enforcement behind New York. You and New York are in, in a fight to see who can uh, screw up the worst as far as uh, tactical operations in these situations. Total total loss. There was no preparation, no expectation. You have a team. Go in and do your job. You walk in, you see the guy, get the shield up front, go in, take him into custody. What is all this? Oh, I know. We've got to use every non-lethal, uh, less than lethal, whatever you want to call it, option in our giant van out, outside first before we actually go do cop stuff. That that was a pathetic uh, display of what they call attack team. Um it was horrible. I'm, I'm just happy. I mean, well, relieved that none of the officers were killed in this situation, either by this bad guy or by friendly fire that was coming in completely blind of knowing what you were shooting at or who was in front of you or who was behind it or any of it. It was horrific. They, they, thank you, David. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, we did not rehearse this, guys. When David's talking, I knew exactly where he was going. When you're talking about the blind shooting, man, I was already doing – I was doing all the gestures for you while you're talking, the visual aids, because, man, it was just you're you're absolutely spot on. Uh, Agent Dan. You know, not just to say, hey, what Dave said, but honestly, these were the comments I wanted to make about this video. The the lack of, I guess, what I'll call fire discipline for cops these days is amazing. I can't I can't count how many videos I've seen recently where you know, to pull the trigger once is to do a mag dump. I mean, have we forgotten that you're responsible for every round that comes out of the end of your gun? Um, to Dave's point, you know, these guys are firing at, they can't even tell what's on the other side of that door. For all they know, there are innocents in there along with this guy. Um, you know, there's another video coming up today. If we get to it where, I'll reserve comment for when we get to it, but so many shots fired that I'm not sure how you're going to justify them all. It's, it's pretty ridiculous. And I'll, I'll end with this. Being an old timer, I came from the days where we carried revolvers. When I swore in for the first, I don't know, five, six, eight years, I was a cop, uh, carried a pistol, semi-automatic for many, many years after that and still do. 
But I can tell you this, from the days of revolver carry, you only had six in your gun and you had to make them count. You didn't just, you know, you didn't throw six and then go, oh, crap, I'm empty now because it took a minute to reload, uh, depending on what kind of reloaders you had. But yeah, fire discipline today is out the window, seemingly. Thanks. Thanks, Dan. Uh, and, you know, I do want to point out that we have Captain Brett Bartlett. We're streaming the eight locations. Three of them are Red Voice Media locations. And uh, Captain Brett is, uh, I don't know if he's watching, he's driving. So hopefully, hopefully he's sitting as a passenger in the car that's being driven and he's, and he's typing messages to us, you know, on the live stream. But thanks, Captain, for watching the show. Uh, Corporal David, two minutes. I, I, I just have to reiterate, this was supposedly a tack team a SWAT team, team, that I, I just, if it was a bunch of cops that just all got together and said, hey, we got to go in there and arrest this guy. Okay, you might have a little bit of an excuse because you don't train together that much, or, and a lot of times you don't train together with every single other officer that's on the street with you. You're not a, not necessarily a group of people that train together in those types of situations. This was a tack team. This is what they're supposed to do. And they it, the breakdown was just absolutely horrendous, horrendous. All right, well, thanks. Well, we have more for you guys to talk about. So thanks, and moving along, let's go to our next story that's got a video component. So we are on Rumble and the best law enforcement video channel out there, which is This Is Butter, I believe, and it's on at rumble.com. Body cam shows a uh, Selin officer fired shots at an armed suspect exiting a stolen van after pursuit. So it's newly released body cam and dash cam video. It shows the moments leading up to a uh, Solon officer firing his gun at and arresting a 16-year-old uh, suspect who's seen with a gun in his hand at the time of the incident. So according to police on April the 6th, uh, Solon police in Ohio, they attempted to stop a stolen van. And then, of course, there's a pursuit. It ends when the suspect crashes into another car. And after the chase, the suspect, he exits the stolen vehicle with a gun in his hand prompting the officer to fire shots towards the suspect, uh, but he was not struck. So the body cam and the dash cam videos are 
that of the officer who fired the shots and show the incident from the time the traffic stop was attempted until the time the suspect was actually was arrested. Now, it gets better. Stick with us. We're going to go to the commercial. We'll be right back. All right, so look, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning and they've made it easy. GunLearn.com is the first and it's the only company that offer a step-by-step program where they take you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist like, believe it or not, our Captain Brett Bartlett. So they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy and their training. It's approved by major forensic organizations, law enforcement agencies, and firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that Leo's law enforcement officers need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start the day with online training or... You can register to attend a live seminar, and you can actually get free training for yourself and the personnel at your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. You'll be glad that you did. And welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show live from the Boss Talk Radio Studios. You know, on break, I was looking at the uh, comments from the streams we have going, and Troy Scott got my attention because he said Brett, which is Captain Brett Bartlett, who's actually online conversing with us while he's driving or somebody's driving, hopefully. Uh, and, he, and he wrote, Brett was issued a flintlock when he hit the streets, which weren't even paved back then. Wow. So, Troy, you obviously know Captain Brett uh, pretty well, it sounds like. So, uh, so appreciate appreciate that. So, um, anyhow, hey, uh, let's uh, let's go back to the story, you know, that I was uh, talking about. Look, we, uh, according to police, April 6th, the Solon uh, police t- uh, attempted to stop this van and there was a chase. Suspect crashes the vehicle and following the chase, he exits the stolen car. He's got a gun in his hand. Officers shoot at him. Now, guys, I'm getting some background noise. Check your microphones, please. Um, and he prompts the officer to fire shots, shots towards the suspect, but the suspect's not struck. Body cam and dash cam videos are that of the officer who actually is the one firing the shots. It shows the incident from the time of the traffic stop um, when they you know, try to stop him uh, to when he actually is arrested. So the Solon Police Department, they describe uh, the edits to the video that they made, so it's not a super long video, including the narration. They do a zoom and a freeze frame to show the weapon in the suspect's hand, which is really cool because, uh, you know, otherwise you just might miss it. The 16-year-old was the only suspect involved in the stolen vehicle chase, and he's currently being helped at the Cayuga County Juvenile Detention Center. So they uh, they caught him, shot at him, didn't hit him, but it all it all ended without, I guess, any injury. So any uh, any commentary on the video at all? Agent Dan? Yeah, I'd like to say that for starters, there's no truth to the rumor that Brett Bartlett uh, was one of the security <laughs> officers at the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Just wanted oh. to clear the air on that. Ouch. Um, as far as the rest of this video and whatnot, yeah, here we go. A 16-year-old stolen car, high-capacity Glock, uh, you know, obviously a stolen gun since he's not old enough to buy one, running from the cops. You know, see our earlier discussion about kids acting like, well, I'll leave it at that. Exactly. Um, the, you know, the, you watch the officer, you know, come up to this and he obviously saw the gun coming out of the car in the, in the, in the kid's hand. Um, oh no, the gun, it was the kid that had the gun, not the gun that had the kid. I keep getting that mixed up. Who's responsible here. Um, and wisely exits his vehicle and draws his weapon, uh, expecting the worst. Uh, a, a suspect running with a gun is an imminent threat. 
And so the officer sent some range, sent some rounds downrange. I think I caught counted seven or eight. And um, but even the the incredible Dan O'Kelly with his uh, in, uh, firearm skills running and shooting at another moving object is probably has got to be one of the toughest, most difficult things to do and actually hit your target. But he did scare the living BGs out of the out of the kid who then who said, "Oh crap, these guys are serious." Threw the gun down and uh, and surrendered not too far away. I did notice as the officer was running with his with his pistol in his hand. Um, not that I like that, uh, but some instances you're kind of tied into it. He did have uh, very obviously his trigger finger was outside the the trigger guard up along beside the uh, the slide of the of his pistol. So. That much was good, and um, he caught the kid. So, props to him for doing it. I wish he'd have cracked that that driver's door a little bit when he came in with his car. But eh, you can't have everything. Yeah, hate it when that happens. All right, guys, thanks for the commentary. Hey, I want to cover two updates real quick. The first one's going to be really short, so uh, probably nothing to, to comment on. But I, I did want to give a shout out to Sheriff Mark Lamb with the Pinal County Sheriff's Office in Arizona. You know, we've got uh, Frank uh, Slope. You know, on here, Deputy Slope is with the agency and also Chief Deputy, um, you know, uh, Matthew is also uh, with us as well. Um, Sheriff Mark Lamb seeks to challenge uh, Kristen Sinema for the Senate seat. So he's running for the U.S. Senate and uh, Senator Kristen Sinema, who was uh, who dumped the Democratic Party last year. She's now an independent. So he's going to be doing that. He announced that on Monday and he filed paperwork to run for the U.S. Senate in Arizona. So congratulations to uh, Sheriff Mark Lamb. Uh, would love to uh, get him on the show eventually too. So watch for that. So, and also the other update that I wanted to cover, which we probably will want to talk about lawofficer.com. We have a Florida teacher, where else but Florida uh, would you find a teacher arrested for hosting fight club in her middle school classroom? So let's jump to Tallahassee, Florida, um, Florida middle school, school teacher facing charges for contributing to the delinquency of a minor for what court documents are calling her role in organized fights in the woman's classroom. Um, WCTV reports this. So Angel Footman, 23 years old, she's young, teacher at Griffin Middle School in Tallahassee. So she's accused of hosting brawls in the class. So as students are smacking one another, she reportedly instructs the kids not to record the fights or attract any attention to the violence by screaming and yelling as she looked on from her desk. Now, we have several sixth grade girls alerted school administrators to the octagon-like atmosphere that developed in Footman's classroom. Staff members were presented with multiple videos, so apparently the students did decide to videotape anyway, anyway, and they shot these videos late last month. They showed Footman, the teacher, stationed at her desk while students are wailing away on each other. This was in the New York Post. Now, moreover, the video recording showed Footman, the teacher, establishing ground rules for the brawls, telling the participants not to pull hair, and they had to limit their clashes to only 30 seconds, and that was on WSAZ. Students acknowledged planning their fights to occur in Footman's classroom, that rematches were even encouraged, according to the WCTV. And when Footman was confronted with being the, quote, Don King um, of the classroom, she denied organizing the fights, but admitted that she failed to report the brawls or submit reports of the misconduct. She was arrested on Friday, charged with four counts of contributing to the delinquency of a minor. Wow, they did not have teachers like that when I was in school. Uh, guys, we got three minutes, and I have a video that we can cover, mm. but uh, go ahead, David. You know, the, I, I wouldn't have a problem with this if she was or, if she was uh, organizing the, the kids to to beat the crap out of the um, the drag queens that, that are going into classrooms and and, and molesting oh. children. So 
I mean, that, that I thought about that. I said, well, well, wait a minute. Oh, it's kids. File. Okay. never mind. Um, yeah. I mean, child abuse, child uh, endangerment, all, all those great charges arrest her. She should, um, along with the drag queens, I might add. So uh, beside that, Hey, just another day in Florida schools. Yeah. You know, um, sad, sad, but true. Um, if there's, um, if there's no other commentary, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, Agent Dan. I was just going to say she hit a rule that there was no hair pulling. So I don't see what the problem is. Uh, seriously though. Um, this doesn't even fall within the whole liberal leftist, you know, agenda. So I, I can't imagine where this came from that she thought this was going to fly at any level because yeah, these kids were going <laughs> to, they were going to spread this far and wide. You know, the first rule of a fight club, don't talk about the fight club. I think she forgot that part. Did she actually see the movie? Uh, you know, and Dan just left Texas to come to Florida permanently. Welcome to Florida, Dan. Welcome to Florida. Well, I had 11 years in Florida prior to my nine years in Texas. So that's why I wanted to come back. It just wasn't weird enough in Texas. <laughs> there you go. Your precondition, I understand. Um, hey, let's jump. We've got a, uh, about a minute and a half, so I'll make this quick. Police one, Idaho deputy mistakes a service weapon for a training weapon. He shoots himself in the foot. How are we still reading stories like this? Paris, Idaho, Bear Lake County Sheriff's Office, deputy wounded last month, accidentally shoots himself in the courthouse in the courthouse building. So several deputies and sheriff's staff, um, they're, um, they're in the dispatch center examining and handling a newly acquired non-lethal training pistol, which would probably be less lethal, actually, the Idaho State Journal says. Chief Bart Heslington posted about the shooting on Facebook. One of the sheriff's office personnel inspecting the training pistol. He discharged his own service weapon, causing injury to himself. No one else is injured. Deputy, it, was, it, was not in ser- it wasn't a serious, I guess, shoot as far as injury goes. But they uh, they told the Idaho State Journal that one of the deputies had holstered his training pistol and then he reholstered the service pistol. And a short time later, he unholstered the service pistol, fired the weapon, believing that he was firing the training pistol. 30 seconds. Um, jump in, guys. Come on. You can't let this go. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wait, what? Oh, God. <laughs> talk about a talk about talk about a brain fart. There you have it. I'll say this, you cannot continue to use real guns in training and not have accidents like this. I mean, that's the way I see it. I don't care if they're simunitions, guns, whatever. As long as you're using a real model SIG, 1911, whatever, no matter what color you paint it, no matter what kind of barrel you put in it, mistakes are going to be made. Thanks, Dan. We're out of time, guys, so thanks so much. I appreciate it. Hey, a shout-out to our sponsors. We have Motion DSP, GullsGunLearn.com, on Medicare.live, and we're being fueled by Bang Energy. Also, a special shout-out again, Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media, three of those Facebook Facebook pages with about a million followers. Thank you. Uh, At this time, I usually give a shout-out to uh, uh, Lieutenant Randy Sutton and his group, The Wounded Blue, thewoundedblue.org, fantastic organization helping cops out that are in world of hurt with with all kinds of PTSD and other issues. So if you're looking for a great organization, a 501c3 to support, The Wounded Blue, thewoundedblue.org. Hey, I got uh, less than 30 seconds, uh, uh, Agent Dan, but GunLearn at GunLearn.com. You guys have got a great online quiz. We need to hook you up with Pinal County out there with Sheriff Lamb and get GunLearn, that training out there. It's free for the agency and uh, and the personnel at their agency if they do it right over there. So we got to hook you up over there. But, guys, go to GunLearn.com. Take that quiz. See how, see how smart you really are when it comes to guns. I uh, hope everybody has a wonderful and a safe week. Thanks a lot, guys.